You'll turn with me this morning in your Bible to Luke chapter number two. Luke chapter number two. Years ago, and it's never been real far from us, but Dee and I, we like to go to sales, like big garage sales and things like that, until we started figuring out that we were the one needing the garage sale. Then they weren't so fun. But uh, out in Georgia, and some of y'all may remember this story, but out in Georgia, there's a, there's a whole town. They have a garage sale in the whole town. And the whole, the whole center of the town, they'll, they'll sell spots for to sell items, you know. And we went out there, and we took our stuff, and we backed the van up, and we had our plot and everything. We had the kids with us, and Caleb was just a little one. And if y'all remember this story, I'm sorry, but it just applies to this sermon. So, But uh, Caleb was just a little fella, and well, by virtue of that, Morgan and Megan were pretty small. But Caleb was real small. And uh, his grandmother was down, the, down over there. She was over yonder a ways. And uh, we had gone there in the morning, and her mom, her his grandmother had uh, cinnamon, cinnamon buns that she was selling. And we'd, we'd gone over there, and we, we had a couple. But, you know, she was there to sell them, so we'd take them off. we go back to our spot, and we got the day going. And we got the kids in the back of the van. It's emptied out, and they got their toys, you know. And they're, they're in the van behind us, not far from us at all. And they're back in there, and they're playing. And... uh I'm out there selling, you know, thinking I'm something. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, after a little while, this woman comes up and says, is someone missing a small child? And it's like, oh, man, that's awful for something like that to happen here, you know. That's a lot of people around here. I feel sorry for those people. <laughs> and she said, uh, his name is Caleb. And I said, and that's ironic, you know, my son's name is Caleb. And, uh, <laughs> and so you start to look, and you look back in the door, and oh, he's not in there. And she comes walking up, and there he is, just smiling, holding her hand, and uh, your blood runs cold, you know, because I don't know where he's been for the last 20, 30 minutes or so. I thought he was here, but he's not. And... Uh, you know, it's, it's not a, we, we were very fortunate. God was watching over him. There was a good woman that brought him back. And uh, I always think about that when I get to this passage here in the book of Luke. See, if anyone had a treasure, and every child is a treasure, but Mary and Joseph had a special treasure from God. They, they had the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and, and he was something to treasure. She knew from the time before he was born, the Holy Spirit had talked to her and said that she would conceive, and bear a child, that the Holy Spirit would come upon her. And Joseph knew because he was thinking about putting her away. And the Lord gave him a dream and, and told him what was going on, what was going to happen. When she had gone to visit Elizabeth over in Luke chapter number 1, and... uh Verse 39, it says, Mary arose in those days and went in the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. Elizabeth was John the Baptist's mother. 
And at that time, she was pregnant with John the Baptist. It says, and it came to pass when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, and whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believe, for there shall be a performance of those things which are told her from the Lord. And she was told that she would bear Jesus, the Son of God. And so she had confirmation all through. And when the wise men showed up, she had confirmation that this was the Son of God, that Jesus was a special treasure. When the shepherds showed up and told them about the heavenly choir that had announced his birth, she had confirmation. When they were in the temple and Simeon said, now I have seen my salvation, she knew that Jesus was special. And we get to this part in chapter number 2, verse 41. It says, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. Let's pray. Amen. So they had gone to the feast. They, They... were faithful to go to this feast year after year. For Jesus was 12 years old. They'd been there several times. And we know that Jesus wasn't, we know that he wasn't a bad kid, right? That's a pretty safe assumption. And they go to the feast and everything takes place and they've got to make the journey back. It's a long journey. And Maybe not a hard one, but they're there with friends and relatives, and as they journey back, and they're talking to them, and they get a day's journey, and then all of a sudden, well, where's Jesus? Well, I thought he was with you. See, I see this, and I I can't criticize her too much because my own son disappeared on me. But you get so caught up in things that it's not that you don't love him, but maybe he kind of slipped away. And... You know, we look back on the Bible and say, well, how could they lose such a treasure as that? They have the Son of God. How could they lose track of him? And, you know, the fact is that every day there are Christians who have this special treasure. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He saved us. And every day there are Christians. They'll get a day's journey away and then realize that Jesus isn't with them. And as I want, I want to just look at it from that point of view. Because your fellowship with Jesus Christ is one of the most important things. I could, I could preach to you on all these things that you can do to stay right, be right, and spit white. But your fellowship with Christ is the most important thing in your life. And there's many Christians that they, they get going down the road and it's whether they're in church or whether they're out of church or they get busy with work or they get busy with family or they get busy doing things and they get down the road and all of a sudden, where's Jesus? As we look at this, I want to look, number one, who loses Jesus? Because people lose Jesus. Who would do that? Look at... Uh, 
Number one is his parents that lost him. They were the ones that were closest to him. They were the ones that saw him every day, that spent all the time with him. They were there when he was born. They were the ones that were closest to him. Mary had been spoken to in 135. It said, and the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Joseph told in a dream. And The other thing is, look in verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. They were the ones closest to him, just as Christians are the ones that are supposed to be closest to Jesus. And they were faithful to go every year to the Passover. There are people that are in church every day that lose sight of Jesus. I'm catching up with myself here. Give me a chance. You would think, when you look back, when you look back on that time, that when you first got saved, do you remember knowing that you didn't have to go to hell? Do you remember that, that early time? Do you remember that first time, knowing that you were saved? And what a treasure Jesus Christ was. And you said, Lord, I'll not sin against you. Lord, I'll not, I'll not lose track of you. I'm going to church. I'm going to be there. And then you lose track of him. They took him for granted. They assumed he was with them. Look at verse 44, starting in verse 41. Let's read through. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey. And they saw him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance, supposing him to have been in the company. In our own walk, there's a lot of people that take being saved for granted. They say, well, you know, the Lord saved me. He paid for my sins and everything's good and I can just go on. And, and Jesus will always be there. He'll always be there for me. I can always turn back to him. And they, they kind of go on with their own life, and they don't realize they're getting further and further away from them. See, Jesus was back behind in Jerusalem. And they've gone out on their own way, and, and people get to thinking, well, he'll always be there. I can do what I want. I can go out with this person. I can go out with that person. I can, I can go down this road, and it'll be all right because I'm saved. The fact of the matter is you're leaving Jesus behind. You, you begin to go out through your day without praying. You begin to go out through your day without going, getting in your Bible. And you start to, without even realizing, you just suppose that he's going to be there, that he's going to go with you down this road, just as they did. But they get out there and they realize that he's not there. They took him for granted. They assumed he would always be there. I mean, after all, they'd been going to the feast for 12 years. Jesus was there with them. He was there when they got back. Verse 43, and when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. As he got older, maybe he would play with their friends' kids. He was out of sight, but they knew he was there. All they had to do was call out to him, and he'd be there. They never had to look too far for him. 
But Jesus stayed behind this time, and Joseph and his mother Mary didn't realize it. They'd gone a day's journey. It can be like that in your own walk. You're saved a long time. You've done these things before. You've done the Christmas play. You've been active in the church. You've done vacation Bible school. You've done all. You've been doing this for years. You know where the decorations are in the church. You've been witnessing. You've been teaching. Maybe you've been preaching. You have a plan for getting things done. You got a routine for making sure you get to church on time. You can make things happen in the church, but you can still leave Jesus behind. You're familiar with everything that needs to be done. Jesus always seemed to be with you. He was never far away, and all you had to do was call out to him in prayer. Over in uh, 2 Samuel chapter number 6, you don't have to go there, but you know they, the ark of God had been with the Philistines, and the, they were bringing the ark back. David said, it's time to get the ark of God back to our house. It's time to get it back home. And so David, who, who he had the right heart, he had the right mind, and he said, we're going we're gonna to get, we're gonna get the ark of God back. And he said, you know, the, the Philistines, when they had the ark, they sent it back on a new cart with new oxen. And so just a little faster. We'll just kind of, you know, we, we won't think about what God, we got the right intention, we got the right heart, let's go ahead and put it on a cart. You know, because in the law it said that men had to carry the cart. Men had to carry it on their shoulders. The priest did. He said, but you know, it would be a little more expedient if we just put this cart, put it up on the cart. And then as they're transporting that cart, so you got just a little bit away. You know, God will be there. God's there with the ark. And so they put it on the cart, and as they're transporting it, it hits a bump in the road. Uzzah reaches out to catch it. He's riding on the cart. He's David's friend. He reaches out to steady the ark, to help God out. And he gets struck dead. David gets so upset that he puts the ark away. He puts it over at the house of Obed-Edom. He just, he doesn't bring it on. And it ended up costing him something because while that ark was at Obed-Edom's house, it was blessing the house of Obed-Edom. For a period of three months, David finally, when it came time to bring the ark back, he went back to where he left God. He said, we're going to use priests. And they offered a sacrifice every so many steps, and they they praised God, and and the glory was given to God, and they followed it the way God said to do it, and they got back to God. So the question is, How do you lose Jesus? Well, you begin to take him for granted. You get away from him. David took God for granted and he got away from him. They they took Jesus for granted. They said he'll always be there and they got a day's journey away as they traveled out before they realized. And when they came back, let's read on. Verse number 45. And when they had found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem. See, when they... How do you get back to Jesus? How do you get him back? How do you find him? The first place they went was to their friends and acquaintances. Have you seen Jesus? That's a good place to go if they know how to point you to Jesus, but nobody had seen him. When you lose Jesus, when you lose track of him, the best way to find him is to go back to where you left him. 
So they go back to Jerusalem. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors. So they go out a day's journey, and they have to come back a day's journey. You know, I remember when Didi and I were dating, and I remember driving from Texas when I was in the Navy. We drove from Virginia or Georgia. We drove from Georgia to Texas for the first time, and Didi didn't drive a lot in those days. You know, now it's the opposite. Didi drives most of the way. I just sleep. Back then, I think I just drove and slept. But we get down I-10, and I pull over at an exit at a gas station. I say, well, you go ahead and drive some, you know. And we get in the car, and she drove for two hours in the wrong direction. Because I just went right to sleep. So when we realized we'd gone two hours in the wrong direction, and I woke up, we had to drive two hours back in the right direction. <laughs> so it kind of erased it. So when you think about them going out a day's journey and getting away from Jesus, they got a ways to go back. They got a day's journey to go back, and it said they sought for him for three days. Can you imagine all of that time, a whole day looking for your son? I mean, a whole day worried about, are we going to find Jesus? I mean, Miss Gay knows I get built up with anxiety. I could just see how that's happening going down the road. Are we going to find him? Is he okay? Joseph, of course he's okay, Mary. He's the son of God. But did God take him away from us? I can't believe we let him go. You know, Christian, when you get away from God, when you lose Jesus, it's going to take you a little time to get back. You know, you took it for granted the whole trip. As you're traveling, you say, well, you know, I can always call out to him in prayer. I can always get back to reading my Bible. I can always get back into church. I can always get back into fellowship. And you get going down the road and going down the road. Well, let me tell you, it's going, you're going to have to go back some ground if you're going to go back to where you lost Jesus. And it said they, they lost him, but supposing him to be in a company, uh, verse number 46, and it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple. So it took one day to lose him. It took three days to get back to him. And I can tell you, you get out in the world, you know, they, they say, the young say, well, you know, just sowing his wild oats, just sowing their wild oats. It's going to take some time to get back. And you're going to lose some of the blessing like it David did with Obed-Edom. Verse number 46, and it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. So they get back to Jerusalem. Maybe they go and check in that they stayed at. Maybe they're checking with other people. Go check the, we'll, we'll check the marketplace. We'll check over here. So they spent a day going back, and then they spent two days looking for him. And they're going all over Jerusalem. Where are we going to find Jesus? Where will we find him? And they, they go over to where they'd had dinner, and they go over to where they'd visited with some family that were in Jerusalem, maybe. And they go over here, and they go over there. But where did they find him? They found him right back at the house of God, right back at the house of prayer. There's people that try to get their spiritual life back in all kinds of ways. And he's right there at the house of God. He's right there in his word where you left him. You think you can... Just ask for 
forgiveness, and you can. You think you can just get back in your Bible, and you can, but along the way, you lost blessing, lost opportunities to serve, lost answers to prayer, lost, lost opportunities to lead people to the Lord, and you may have lost your testimony. How other people look at your relationship with the Lord. Sometimes you're the only Bible other people read. You know, somebody asked me one time when they were leaving the church, and uh, it was a youth pastor, and he asked me what I thought about it, and I said, well, no man is an island. And he said, well, what do you mean by that? I said, whenever somebody leaves, they always leave a vacuum as a whole, and sometimes they pull people with them. A lot of times they do. Now, for a youth pastor, he took half the church with him. And you say, well, I'm not a youth pastor. I'm, I'm just an individual. But you never know who you're encouraging when you're there at the house of God. You never know what you're losing there in your testimony. You get out into the world, and you get to hanging out with the world, and you get to doing the things of the world. And now you're hanging out with people that have no idea that you're a Christian. People that have no idea about your relationship to God. You lose your testimony. So verse number 47, and all that heard him, they find him in the temple. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt thus with us? He said, behold, she said, Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Now, when you read your Bible, there's something wrong with what she just said. Number one, she's blaming Jesus. You ever known anybody that gets out of God's will, that blames the church, that blames God? for the things that have happened in their life. They get kind of accusatory, right? And here she comes, and she's blaming Jesus for losing it. She said, your father and I, and she calls Joseph his father. Well, this is just a little technical detail, but Joseph wasn't actually his father. So Jesus, in the next verse, he corrects her. And... uh said, Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Now, here's the crux of the situation. When you left God, you left his plan. And when you go back, you realize that his plan is still in play. Sometimes... He'll, someone will go. He'll use someone else to enact his plan. He'll use someone else to preach the word. He'll use someone else to be a witness and a testimony. God's plan doesn't stop when you go away. It's you returning back to him. It's you saying, finding the Lord at the temple and finding his work still going on. And it's been going on without you. But you're the one that's lost out. It wasn't the Lord that lost out. It was Mary that lost the blessing. It was Mary that had lost Jesus. And she finds him in the temple doing his father's work. He said, wish you not that I must be about my father's business? You know, when you lose Jesus, it's because you want to do your own thing. 
instead of what God's got lined up for you. And he said unto them, uh, verse number 50, And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. So I just want to ask you today, have you lost Jesus? I mean, you're in church, and I'll give you credit for that. And I'm not picking on anybody that hadn't been to church. But I said the most important thing in your life is your fellowship. And I ask you to take a look at your own life. It's time for judgment to begin at the house of God. How is your fellowship with the Lord? How is your time alone with the Lord? Do you look back and do you remember that sweet fellowship from a certain time? Do you remember when you say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And you got that answer? You remember the blessings that seemed to come in? And I'm not talking about riches. I'm not talking about a Cadillac. I'm just talking about seeing God work around you. I remember days in my life walking so close to the Lord. It seemed like you'd go by people and the Holy Spirit would jump on someone and they'd ask you about the Bible out of nowhere. I remember sitting there while while Megan was in dance class, and I remember working on a Bible study lesson on my laptop, and I remember just overflowing, talking to the woman that was next to me. Don't even remember how the conversation started, and I start telling, yeah, man, I saw this about David, and, and he did this and that, and I'm just telling her about it, and she said, man, you make me want to go back to church. That doesn't come from being enthusiastic. That comes from fellowship with Jesus Christ. That comes from walking close to the Lord. And if you've known those times and you, and you reach that point and, and you turn around and you're carrying on and you're there with the people of God and you're carrying on and, you, and all of a sudden you look around and all this is going, all this is happening. We've packed, we've loaded up the camels, we've, man, we've got all the goods and man, we had a good time over here and we're having fellowship over here, but where's Jesus. And you look back and all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, he's not here. He's back at Jerusalem about his father's business. If y'all